What's up, everybody? It's I'ma Let You Finish, show number 149 on the Pantheon Podcast Network. It's your host, Court and Amy. What's up, Ames? We have a special guest today. Oh, we, have we do. Author, we have author, and can I just say that this is like our third PhD candidate? I um, mean... or Or actual, like, doctor or mm-hmm. actual. So uh, author... Stacy Easton is going to be here, and they um, have written a really cool new book called Why Tammy Wynette Matters, and we will find the fuck out by the time we're done talking to them. So very excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of things that don't matter. Actually, no, no. <laughs> things that do matter, actually. All right. She's I healthy. Think, she's Madonna, healthy. I think it does matter, and I think that, you know, listen, I know I rag a lot on on the madness of some of the shit that drives me crazy with Madonna, but I you, I think everybody knows how much I love her. And I don't want anybody to be ill with a full body infection because the truth of the matter is the last two people in the last couple of years that I've known that have gotten full body infections, it killed both of them very, very quickly. So that's a really serious thing. And we're glad to see that she kind of, you know, like, listen, she drives both of us nuts, but at the same time, Madonna is still an icon in the game, and I wanted to take care of herself. It was, well, I, was, I don't I want her ha- to croak, for Christ's sakes. You know? But, you know, listen. It's bad. The fact, what happened was bad. Listen, you know? if they have to use Narcan to, to revive you, that's bad. You know right. what I mean? Which, that's that's really, really, really I bad. I tell you, if you ever want to know where the 10th circle of hell is and where mm-hmm. the scummiest human beings on the face of the earth exist, read mm-hmm. the comment section on page six. Let me just tell you something. I am. I have taken a peek con- there. Continuously. I don't know. I should even just it's, stop because it's, 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 it's appalling. It's really bad. It's like, okay, it's we appalling. all know that the post is our conservative paper. But this the things that I have this read, and wait, they have a TikTok page. You oh, should Lord. read no, the oh, comments that people leave. It no, is it's just unbelievable. Like, it's un- it, it really yeah. is like you're wishing death. Up, I mean, whatever. It, yeah, I mean, I don't even want to give it that much as the kids say energy, but I'm just never ending. So I didn't mean to be flip about, you know, what yeah. matters. Obviously, yeah. we don't, you know, whatever issues we have, there, she's. You know, it's very serious. Uh, she's postponing her tour. Uh, she's postponed the entire the entire uh, yeah, U.S. I mean, leg, which makes, is smart. Yeah, you know of course. I mean? I mean, so now the was, tour is going to start in October with the European dates. And she's, <clears> you know, so you know, she's getting better. That's good. And the post is scum. Let me just tell you, I scum. Could, the, and, that they don't and, censor any of that stuff. And listen, I mean, and I don't I get, even want to repeat I, what the comments are. And I get and I get being like, listen, we don't censor comments, but it is a full racist, xenophobic. Oh, it's, unbe- oh, it it's is, unbelievable. The things that people write there, I'm just like, you I understand letting people have an ex- freedom of expression. But you guys are okay with this shit? Because this yeah. is no, it's awful. Some and other it, level. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> All right. Well, another person that people who read the post have no use for, and I kind of don't have much use for You don't for like either. her. No. You know, a lot of my female friends don't like her. No, it's, well, it's not because I'm a woman. I think she's Angelina Jolie. I have mm. many. Re- I, all right, let me tell you honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't think about her ever. Mm-hmm. I don't think about her ever. I don't care about her. Mm-hmm. I don't wish her well. I, I don't wish her bad. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm hearing some music in the background. Miss Thing, what you're hearing is because it's 9,000 degrees, so I had to keep the window open. And what uh, you're hearing is Harlem driving. Someone's at the light because, you know, I'm by the corner. Oh, nice. the light. Okay, well, that's and good. That, as, that, as long as we don't have to pay publishing on it. No, no, because uh, <laughs> New York is still, Uptown is still a place where people play their music uh, on every, 73 in their Yeah, car. yeah, I know. <laughs> um, anyway, she has bought. It's not that it's not having to do with being a woman. I just don't get. Oh, it's know, getting louder. I, mean, I know it's, it's like, getting louder. How's that even possible? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> what are they playing? Can you uh, request? Anyway, she has bought the for- the last apartment and studio of the late. Well, she didn't buy it. She's renting it. Whoever owns that space where it's the worst I think space it's the in the estate. apartment isn't yeah. the estate. They rent it. They've never sold it, so she's renting it. Okay, Which- so it, so she's going to open up. She's going to open a clothing company, an atelier. I can't pronounce that. Yeah, word. what does that you, mean? You like, used to be, it's yeah, a place I, you make clothes. It's a I place do, you I know that, clothes. but I'm like, are you making clothes? Or no, is that of just what not. you're calling your office space? I was going to say something so right. mean Wait, and offensive. I, I'm not even going to say it. So and she's I'm keeping gonna, the front with the graffiti because she's like, yeah, I want yeah, that yeah. to be the spirit of Boston. You know, like, Al, you know, Al, our friend Al Diaz, well, is having, his head is exploding over this. Well, can I just say for the first time, though, I read in Artnet, at least when they were talking about this. They mentioned For him. the first time. Well, they didn't say his name, but at least for the first time, they were like, John Michelle was one, one half. One half, I know. And I, I was like, well, I guess baby steps. At least now we're just yeah. acknowledging that it well, wasn't just right. him by so she's. I, I just find this whole thing to be like virtue signaling on the right. worst order. <laughs> if she's not opening up an art school, she's opening but, up a fashion school. Um, the Boscoe Estate does not need any more money. She could lease a building and donate. You know, I mean, there's just so many ways. And it's just like she has no connection to this. She has no, it's like, whatever, go. You're a rich lady. Give, you know, I just, the whole thing is just like, look, please, you know, please. It has nothing to do with anything. It really doesn't. I mean, she's bored. You know, she's bored and an overrated actress. She's an overrated actress. I love Angelina Jolie. I'd find her to be. But the point is that this has nothing to do with anything. And it's just, you know, rent another building. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep the graffiti and the spirit of Boscat. What do you know about the spirit of (laughs) Boscat? Like, seriously, you are the child of famous people living in Hollywood. Ay, Dios mio. All right. Well, you know, once people have done research for a role, they're experts, sweetie. She was never in any of your I'm life. just saying. You yeah, just I know. When they oh, she do played, research. Oh, she played a heroin addict in a movie. If someone okay. does research for something, oh, yeah, they can always say, like, well, I did research and I had the best coaches in the world, so right. I know art. A real junkie showed me how to shoot up. Right. Um, all right. This is another, there's just all these stories. I'm like, maybe because I'm preoccupied. All right, so... Please give me the pronunciation of his name, the basketball player. Victor Wimbenyama. Okay, who's very tall. So he yeah. was very tall. <coughs> and is the number was the number one draft pick mm-hmm. um, this year. You know, French. He's French, right? Mm-hmm. He is French, yes. Um so his bodyguard, Britney Spears, who's like what, four foot two or something? How tall is Britney? She's tiny, right? She's like most pop stars. She's little, right? Mm-hmm. But even me, who's like almost six feet tall, would be little 
next to this guy. Anyway, so right, they were in Vegas and he was doing like a meet and greet or something. And she went up and she claimed she she tapped him to get an autograph. First off, I don't believe she knows who he is anyway, but that's a whole other conversation. And his bodyguard backhanded her and she fell. And well, she, she didn't. And the thing is, she didn't actually fall. You know what I mean? It was a weird, like, this story, okay, without even going into the whole thing, it's like, why are we even saying those two names together? You know what I mean? I'm just kind of like... Every time I hear Britney's name since the free, she's been freed, it just feels like madness. You know, there's a thing I've I've brought it up before to show off how fancy I am. There's a thing in writing called an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. Like if you read The Great Gatsby, um, Nick, you know, someone who's an unreliable narrator is like you can't believe what they say. The author sets in my. Britney Spears is an unreliable narrator. Her husband, actually, is the real unreliable narrator. So right. I'm sorry if she fell. Not for nothing. And I'm not excusing behavior. But come on. She's been famous her entire life. She doesn't know you can't go up to somebody behind their back and, and touch them. Next. <laughs> let's it's- ask Stacy about the Tracy Chapman thing. Let, well, let's talk about Tracy. You want to talk about Tracy Chapman with Stacy? Let's just talk about now how great it is. Tracy Chapman is the first black woman to have a number one country airplay, right? With fat with Luke and Holmes' cover, fast airplay, cars. and number one on the on the country one hundred chart. Phenomenal like, as a solo writer, like yeah. she wrote that song, and it's amazing. First of all. It's amazing to see that one Luke Combs version, even on the pop charts, is high has risen higher than hers did. Right. right? Yeah. But um, I love that Tracy Chapman is one of those artists who absolutely controls her music and and how it's presented and who gets to record it and all of those things. And good for her. Good. And it's also a good great, for him, good for him yeah. for not changing the pronouns in the song. And good for, for country him. for country music to not change the pronouns is a and, major. Well, he did a faithful remix, it's a remake, very, faithful, re- yeah. which is we don't really get. The, we've had a a couple, but it's an absolute faithful. No, remix. it's very good. It remix. Pays, and it's great. It, it shows that he actually values the song. Remember when she co-owned Coco Bar? Remember that? Did she? Yes. You never heard that whole story? No. So, okay, so it was, okay, allegedly, it was mm-hmm. Rebecca Walker and Alice mm-hmm. Walker. This is when Alice Walker was with Tracy Chapman. I don't know. Yeah. This may have been like hood, you know, Fort Green boho gossip, but supposedly <laughs> she had something to do with Coco Bar. Right. Um, yeah, whatever. Um Here's what I have to say about the CVJ Faith. She has to pay him out. Like, she's got that kind of money? That, okay. Am I the shady one? That that no. was my first thought? No. I was like, I'm like, Faith? I mean, she's written songs. She, but he's but so ha- written. So he's, he, <laughs> no matter what you think of CVJ, and there's mm-hmm. a lot to think of CVJ, mm-hmm. he has uh, VH1 money. Well, he clearly had, not a lot of it because right. he has. Wasn't he one of the hitmen? Isn't that him? Yes, mm-hmm. he has hitmen money. Evidently, not a lot of it. <laughs> I don't believe in alimony anyway. I well, don't believe in it. I, you know, it's like ooh, 
I have, unless you're someone who has taken someone out of the workplace. Like if you're somebody who's like, I want you home raising my kids and I forbid you to get a job. I believe in alimony and I don't believe like they've only were married for three years. It's like, why do I have to pay? That's a weird one to me. I feel like if you were together, we've been together for 20 something years. Right. right. I held it down. I had your back while you were, and this is male or female, while you were doing your thing. I raised the kids. I did, I made sure we had a house and you decided to leave me and I never worked. Yes. I can see. Yes. I can see where it's like. Not like I could go out. But I, she has that kind of money. Miss thing. It gagged me too. I had to read it three times when I saw the I was like, like, I was, I, and I love and this. Is no shade. I think she's great. This no. is not about counting anybody's coins. No, no, no. It's just like that's all we have to say. I was very surprised that there was that much. Uh, 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 what are they called? Liquid assets or fl- uh, m- money? I just didn't think there was that much money with right. those two. <clears throat> Remember when he used to go live with Eve? Miss Thing, all of the things. Remember when he leaked that little bit of the sex tape? Of no, Eve? but what I'm saying, what I'm saying, I did. I was going through my archives, the other day, all... and I found an Eve story, and this mm. was when he was considered like yeah. a good guy. Yeah, you know. And, but he what was... what cracked that and what changed that was when he leaked a bit of their sex tape. They, oh, had, right, right, they right. had made a private sex tape. And that's when we started realizing- well, most, he, most sex tapes are private, aren't they? <laughs> well, well, the, no, well, not these days, because these days it seems like every I know, sex tape is a- day. It seems like it's a marketing tool, like, hi. No, 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 back in the day. I have an album coming out, but oh my goodness, my sex tape with fabulous lighting. All right. <laughs> I'm, just shocked. I'm just shocked that she has that kind of money. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to do the New York Times really fast. Okay. New York Times has gotten rid of their sports decks, which sucks because they're really good. And they're now shifting everything over to this website they bought called The Athletic. Allegedly, nobody is going to lose their jobs at the Times, but hold for it. The Athletic is not a union house. So, hello. Thanks. And I read The Athletic. I do. Yeah, but, but, I, here's I the, mean, but here's the interesting thing. I didn't realize the Times had a sports desk because I never. Oh read. come on! I don't read any sports in the Times. I read the Times, oh, really? but I never, I never read um, sports in the Times. Well, That's not where I go even to. Even though we were just stuff. trashing Page Six, they did always had the best sports section. Daily well, News. Well, I mean, you know, listen. Mike Lupica. Where was Mike Lupica? The Daily News, right? I think it's the Daily News. Yeah, that was a good. Yeah, you don't read the Times for sports, but they do have ow a sports desk. I almost fell down, Courtney. You happy? Again, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with <laughs> our guest, Stacey Easton. Hold on. We'll be right back. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. And we're back. <laughs> oh, my God. There's someone on our screen. Who there is someone it? on our screen. Hey, Stacy. Hey. So, Stacy has... I'm going to do this. I do this every time we have someone on. I'm going to hold the book up so that nobody can see it because this is an audio thing. But I'm going to hold it up. Okay, Stacy. first off, I really like the book. And you know I have like a thing about big words. I get very nervous when there's big words. As a in writer, a <laughs> you're a writer. Why do you get nervous? I don't about use. It? Excuse me. What did I write about for fucking thirty years? Are there big words needed when you're reviewing a Brian McKnight record? No, there are not. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should there be. For crying out loud! Jesus <laughs> Can I use big words in this? Is this? Is no, this you have big words, but. And 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 you're obviously really smart, which is very intimidating. But 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 <laughs> it's a really good book. Thank you. It's a really and you are the second author of this series to be on our little dog and pony show. We had the equally delicious Charles Hughes on a few months ago. That is a hard act to follow. That man is just unbelievably brilliant. I know. He's really it's, and you're going for a PhD for oh, this is too much. We need to get some dummies on this show, Courtney. <laughs> See, the secret about a PhD is it's not about smart; it's just about having like donkey-like tenacity. It's yeah, just an true. inability to give up when you should actually be giving up. Yeah, I have a master's, and that was bad enough. Um, <laughs> but I just like the fact that I can say I'm a master. Anyway, I, I slept with a master. Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, totally counts. Um. All right. So this is first of all, of I grew up with Tammy Wynette. 
I not literally. In, not literally. I grew up in a country and Western household. My mother's from the country of North Carolina. Country music ruled in our house. She loved country music. So I love Tammy Wynette. And I love that you wrote a book on Tammy because first of all, she's she's a she was a very, very layered woman who lived a lot of different lives, you know. There was a there was a lot there. There was it was a huge amount of just stuff in that biography for sure. Mm-hmm. Why did you select Tammy? Why? Um, I think because a bunch of reasons. Um, there's a lot of stuff written about Dolly and a lot of stuff written about Loretta, and I feel like she was sort of underrepresented. And I think I'm interested in in class and and sexuality and gender um, and performance, and I think Tammy did a lot of that. Um, I'm really interested in sort of weird domesticity or even like regular domesticity because I don't really ever have that kind of domestic life. Um, and it's Tammy over, just it's overrated. I mean, being married is overrated. <laughs> Thank really you. No, Thank you. Really if you was. know anybody, I'm taking applications. Oh, um, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see it for myself if it is over. Oh, well, I, but you, you get a, I got a kid out of it, so that was fun. So. <laughs> um, well, and then I'm, all my friends are getting married and having kids right now, right? So, like, I'm trying to figure out what that means. And then, and then I've been, my mom, I grew up. In central Alberta, and so a lot like North Carolina, we lived in a country household. And then I had this amazing English teacher in, like, 12th grade named Deborah Kelly. I keep using her name just as a hope that she will actually reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but she assigned country music as an English assignment. Um, wow, that's cool. And I got Stand By Your Man. So I've also been thinking about Stand By Your Man for... 25 years in some capacity or the other. So that's a long answer, but I don't give short answers. That's okay. Well, one of the things it's, I did not grow up in a country household um, at all. Uh, I think the first time I ever heard country music was probably Johnny Cash. And that was within a rock context, but I'm talking about in when I was in junior high, I'm older than both of, I definitely way older than you, Stacey. And I'm just a little bit older than Courtney, but we have, um, but um, I do, re- what I thought was really interesting, well, there's many things that are interesting about the book, but the way you sort of position, you know, Dolly has become like America's care bear, you know, like everybody <laughs> loves Dolly. I mean, you really like, you'd have to go out of, like, even when she was up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and people were having debates, it was always prefaced by, but who doesn't love Dolly? You know, it's yeah. like... And then Loretta Lynn is is seen as this. I mean, she has probably one of the best biopics ever done uh, about her, and seen as this real sturdy. Tammy Wynette is sort of seen as like, like you point out, she got like an after school special movie. Like you know, she's not taken in the same um, pecking order as those as those two other women, and she's sort of seen the impression as kind of like like lesser than in in many ways you know well i don't think she was given yeah it's yeah i don't i still haven't sort of the end of it i wrote the thing and i still don't quite know why 
Um, she's well beloved within country music circles in the community. Um, but yeah, and her reputation is also not there. Um, she could have had a great movie. She could have had an absolute. The movie of the week is on um, YouTube. It was, and it's terrible. It is profoundly camp. Um, and I always wonder about that. And then also. George and Tammy, which just aired, right? Wasn't that this on is true. time? Yeah. yeah. But also not great. I have. Yes. Uh, and the fascinating thing about George and Tammy is that it's based on. Uh, George Jones's daughter's memoirs. Mm. So it's this is the thing that happens with Tammy all the time. Even George and Tammy is an attempt to like critically revive the reputation of George Jones. Um, and then if you read, if you listen to the Tyler Coe's podcast, it's like as much about George Jones as it is about Tammy. And if you read like the McDonough biography, it's the same thing. Um, so that's, and then in like Trio, um, in the Trio that she did with Loretta and Dolly near the end of her life, she was always, she was always overshadowed by Loretta and Dolly. I, I always wonder if it's just like an interior natural thing. Like, I, Dolly's sort of universal ambassador and Loretta is like the state senator, but there seems to be this interior community towards Tammy, especially at the end of her um, her life. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's fascinating. It's, do you it's- think it's because I mean, I mean, and you do a very good job document. I mean, well, she's not the first woman who has been slapped around by her partner. I mean, a, a lot, right. you know, a lot of women have. Um, but do you think it's because she was so closely associated with such a huge star? I mean, nobody even know who's Dolly's husband is. Uh, Loretta Lynn, I mean, he was always in the background. Um, do, right? That was his Dude, name, too. Yeah. Do. And he was played by Tommy Lee Jones, so hence he was perfect. And um, and her dad was Levon Helm, for fuck's sake. I mean, come on. But um, do you think it's because George Jones is such a mythical figure in country music that she's just going to be seen no matter how big she is as George Jones's singing partner? I think that's true. I think it's also like cis head dudes are always like making sure the Jones is up in the, up there when Tammy isn't, but like her marriage to Jones is tiny and short and they made significant work together. I never wanted to, but she was with like Burt Reynolds for nearly as long as she was with, George Jones. I forgot she was. With, did you remember that, Courtney? That she mm-hmm. was with Burt Reynolds. You know what? I I think part of it is that she, that she died. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's she's that's been a huge gone. Thing. She wasn't around to really receive her flowers and have the whole revi- have a full revival. She had a bit of a revival moment when she did Justified and Ancient with the KLF, right? And she had a huge pop hit around the world. But then Tammy died, right? L- Dolly is still here, and Loretta didn't die until what? Maybe three years ago, right? Well, and Loretta had the Van Leer Rose, right? Yeah, like, Jack, you know? the Jack White record. Yeah. yeah. So this so is she the did, thing that's right. like. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. You go, go, go. Um, this is like the the thing of the counterfactual in my head mm-hmm. is yeah, she died super early, um, and so you always wonder like, did she have like 
a chance with that revival record, and she died in the in the like the worst bed of her career too. She had that KLF record, um, or the KFL KLF single on her country record that was okay after that, but she didn't. She died not making her best work. Um, she died in a critical and commercial dip, um, and she was never a chance to revive. I suspect. There were enough, um, like Elton John, of course, loved her. Elvis Costello loved her. So I do wonder if there was a chance, you know, if she'd lasted another 10 years, if she would have had a chance to make that work. Right, that that um, record where somebody who really loves her came back and they produced the record and yeah. brought her back to prominence. And then you kind of get the you start getting the retrospective of someone's work and then people start to view it in a different way and appreciate it differently. I do think that that is absolutely a big part of it because Tammy had huge hits, but they almost seem forgotten. But if you also think about, there's a whole bunch of women from that era that people don't talk about anymore. They don't talk about Janie Fricky. They don't talk about Juice Newton. You know what I mean? They don't talk about Crystal Gale. There were a lot of, uh, of, of country women they were having hits, but who are the ones that people always go to, right? You've got Dolly, and I think Dolly's... And whole, Reba. Reba. Yeah, and Reba. Yeah. And Dolly, Dolly's presentation, I think, really, she's very, very talented. We love Dolly. She writes her songs. But her presentation, I think, helped because people like to look at Dolly, right? Because you're going to get hair and boobs and sparkles and then that personality. And then Dolly did smart other ventures, you know, with all of her charitable work and the amusement part. So she infused herself in culture differently. Loretta was always seen as the first lady, right? So she's going to be, it's like, she's like the, the top of the pyramid. Well, it's like Patsy <laughs> Cline dies and Loretta inherits her her authenticity, which right. is you know you know. Right. Um, there's a couple of really interesting things about that. I'm working on a 33 and a third about Dolly right now. Oh, amazing! We love the 33 and, and a third series. Um, so I'm reading, I'm doing this bunch of like interviews from like 1989 uh, with Dolly, which was her fallow period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm reading like I'm watching interviews from like TNT and like Regis and Kelly and. Mm-hmm. Regis and Kathy Lee. Uh, Regis is creepy, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's a whole other I subject and a whole other story. Regis. Do you? Oh, my God. I met him once, and I you would have thought I was meeting Brian Ferry. No, I love him. Sorry. Right, I'll, I'll have an anecdote about Regis in a second. Uh, I'm sure he's a, a, a jerk, but the boys, I love him. Uh, <laughs> this appearance in 1989. Because <laughs> um, this, this, this is great. anecdote. But she talks as Dolly talks as much about the theme park in these interviews mm-hmm. as she does about the album or the movie that's coming out. And then I was talking to Charles Hughes and I thought Charles said this and Charles said, thought I said this. So maybe it's a co-authorship, but Dolly is never not going to be a capitalist, right? Like Dolly is always about sort of maintaining image to make money. Um, and as much as I love Dolly, I think it's absolutely true. Um, Tammy's really interesting because for a bunch of reasons in this capacity, but I think part of it is she was spent so much time being sick um, and, and in this weird codependent relationship with Nashville that she never quite, I think, broke out of that kind of crystal cage. Um, 
and about stuff, but and so and so that memory doesn't quite sort of restore itself. Um, and then she had that sort of terribly politically reactionary hit, and then we all think that that's the only thing about about Tammy. Um, yeah, I don't know why. And then and then she was overshadowed by George, and and so I don't think her reputation has been settled yet, which is a very sort of odd thing to say. Was well, she liked by the by the Nashville? Oh, she was adored. So Absolutely she was. adored. Um, she was central to that. She was called the queen of country music, right? Right. I, I mean, the stand. The problem is, I think "Stand by Your Man" is also so problematic because, yeah. you know, in hindsight, it's like not that big of a deal. But I mean, like the song single-handedly destroyed Hillary Clinton. I mean, the reference to the song, and it sort of set up this kind of real East Coast. Southern, like we don't do that sort of thing, and it's a great song. I mean, just as a song, it's great, and it was a, a song for its time. But you know, if you were like a young, burgeoning feminist, raises hand, you're like, ah, really? Stand but, by your man. But the truth is, and you guys say that, but you all stay with bad boyfriends too longer than all you right, should. We're not right? going to have this conversation. No, but, but I'm just saying. But that was That's the not thing. Of, true. No, it is true oh for some of all someone. Maybe not true for you. You can't make that as a general statement because I've sat and talked to so many of my girlfriends with bad, and I'm like, just leave. That was the thing about Tammy. I think she spoke about shit that was really happening to a lot of women. No, which of is course why she did. It, of course she did. That's why the song resonated. What I'm saying is. It then took on a life of being, yeah. I mean, she was a conservative. She performed for George Wallace. I mean, so it took on a life of being not a like, I'm, you know, not I'm your ride or die chick, but like, mm-hmm. let him step all over you, you know, no matter think, what, you know? I think, Stan, I think a bunch of things about this. I think, I I don't like Hillary. Um, I'm, I'm progressive as I'll get out, but I think that she's always sort of, had this moment of sort of not respecting um, a lot of discourses that she wasn't involved in. I always found her a little patronizing, and I always um, found that "stand by your man" comment just sort of arrogant, right? And I think that that's, and I know that work she did, and I know the work is good, um, but I think that's that should be noted. And I also think that she she knew what she was doing. She spent time in the south. She spent time in Little Rock. She did advocacy work in the south in the seventies. So she's been decades in the South, so she knew what she was doing. And then I think the song is a lot more sophisticated. Um, David Cantwell, the critic, has this great line where he talks about uh, the second line of the song, like giving all your love to just one man, which suggests that she had a kind of prolificacy. You know, she had she had a period there. And I don't think the song is necessarily ironic, but I think the song has a has an emotional ambivalence that uh, that isn't allowed when we talk about the song. We think of it as, and she was reactionary, right? She was super conservative. She was, um, but I think there's an ambivalence. I think there's an ambivalence towards her biography too. There's this great line by Dolly that said that, you know, um, Tammy Wynette, um, sorry, let me second um, sang Stand By Your Man, but she never did. Right. Wow. Okay. I mean, you know, it's the it's it, that's reality, right? I mean, you know, I mean, people stay with people for whatever amount of reasons. I want. I just want to ask you real quick. Is a really interesting um, 
not anecdote, it was story. Yeah, anecdote. I guess you talk about the time that she was alleged. I'm always told I have to say allegedly all the time. So mm. allegedly kidnapped, and how nobody believed her. <laughs> Could you yeah. talk? Yeah, I mean, I was first off, I had forgotten that she had been allegedly no, kidnapped. She had a lot of strange shit. It was kind of like no, there was a lot of there was always sort of like, like oh, oh, it, Tammy, okay, you know, it's like, and you're back. What happened? But what you, happened? Like, yeah, you- yeah. How did you do that? She was yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because that was like, what? Oh, right, that's right. She was kidnapped. I have no. I'll tell you, when I first read the, wrote the book, I knew the kidnapping would have to be a chapter, and I thought that I would be a good investigative journalist, and I'm a critic, I'm not a journalist, but I would figure that I would, for, you know, for once and only, I would figure out what happened with the kidnapping. <laughs> and so I read the biographies, and I read some tabloids, and I read some, I watched really sleazy shows on CMT that were like, unlike gray market <laughs> television <laughs> and I went through her autobiography and I was like I don't know what happened I think like you don't trust men in this set of circumstances and she's coming through this period of extreme domestic up- upset there's like she had words scrawled in the back of her house there was a fire at that point there were phone calls in the middle of the night so there was this history of domestic violence that was occurring and and then and then you always want to believe somebody you always want to, as a second wave feminist my mom was subscribed to Ms. there's always this this strong belief in the victim and I, I want to do that right and there's some evidence that suggests that you know that she was in this mall and suburban Tennessee and she has this giant flashy Cadillac and she was had a lot of credit cards on her. She had 30 something credit cards on her. Um, and, and then she didn't really remember what was happening and she got um, deposited like 80 miles from her home in a farmhouse of, of fans of hers who were strangers. <laughs> uh, and then like, the cops came, but then she was on the cover of People? No, like- that, that's the thing. It's like, Tammy, girl, Tammy, I love Tammy. you. I love you, but, but you tried it. You really, really, yeah. really tried it. And next yeah. thing you know, it's like, kidnapped him back. Tammy. <laughs> she, she would have had a hard time in our social media world because there's just a cynicism about everything now that it would be well, especially like, when somebody would have been taping her in the chilies down the road from where she yeah. supposedly got kidnapped. Yeah, but this is the thing, it's like I think I, I wrote this, right? Like every <laughs> possible scenario in that cad in that kidnapping mm-hmm. was plausible. And then like two weeks after she went to, under the front cover of people uh, well, good for her. Like, always yeah. get the cover. Um, <laughs> yeah, always, always get the cover. <laughs> she, um, the cops completely dropped the case. And they don't have a conversation about the case. And so, and so, like, and then there's this whole horrific history of domestic violence beforehand. So. I feel like she was trying to escape something. I do. Part of me always felt with that story, it felt like there was some shit going on. And she was like, I'm out of here. 
you know, and it was easier to come up with a story and say I was kidnapped than deal with. Well, she didn't. She... she didn't do a Susan Smith at least, and like blame right. some like innocent black guy who just right. happened to be. You know, what's her face from To Kill a Mockingbird? Um, I should. You know the the girl that she says yeah. Tom Robbins. Yeah, I should know this. I've read the book hundred times. At least she didn't do that. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I have a friend of mine who had reading in Toronto was like it was the husbands, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sure they're like, like and Richie was like and George Richie, her last husband was like involved in some really sketchy shit, like like we, like music industry in the south, sketchy shit, right? And nothing's like. And nothing's provable, and like, and she was messy. That's the thing. She was messy, and she liked messy people. Yeah, and you know well, that's she, why. You know, and that's why she sang about messy things, and people love those yeah. songs. You know. Well, I mean, drugs. I mean, you know, when uh, drug addicts don't tend to lead very organized lives. You know. <laughs> no. <laughs> the only thing they can kind of organize is getting a, a refill. You know. Yeah. And. Uh, um. What are you, I want to ask you about um, uh, who else you're listening to, or what do you think about, oh, I know, we, we want to talk to you about, we had mentioned the Tracy Chapman, Luke Combs, Luke Combs having a number one single, basically meaning Tracy Chapman having a number one single on the country charts, and what you thought about that, since you write, you're much more in the the country music world than I am. Yeah, Um. I have two competing thoughts. Um, the first is that, you know, like, that is not a white man song. Like, <laughs> and, she, and, you know. Really? It's a white, per- it's a white person song. Do you really not? It's a white person song. I think Rasta? so. Yeah. You don't think that no one has ever wanted to escape? I mean, I'm being, all right, continue. Sorry. Um, no, I think, I think it has sort of, I'm I'm white, so I don't know. I can't. I can't. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> um, no, I think I think that that there's a black and queer liberation text, and it, we have to be really careful about absorbing those those liberation texts for sort of banal white causes. Um, Luke Combs sings really well, and I'm really glad Chapman got her bag. Um, you know, after decades of living with Alice Walker, you know, she deserves something. See, I told you, I told you, Courtney, I told you there was a connection. They co-owned a bar and a a coffee shop in my neighborhood, but I couldn't remember what the actual connection was. Sorry. And now that you say it again, I kind of sort of remember that. Do you remember that? I do kind of sort of remember that. Because they, I'm sorry, we're going way, we're going Fort Greene in the the 90s. They just shut down one day. And people would be like. And there was like drama. There was major fucking drama. Sorry, we're just like, Alice Walker and, all right, allegedly, Tracy Chapman and Alice Walker, Rebecca Walker ran uh, like the first cyber cafe in Brooklyn, basically, uh, Cocoa Bar. And they had. Um, performances and you could go there and hang out and coffee and blah blah blah. This is Brooklyn Fort Green in like 90, what, 93, 94? When it 90, was black. When it was when black. It was black. Yeah. When it was black yeah. and cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, black and cheap and creative. Anyway, so they owned this place and there was always this, and then one day it just like shut down like out of nowhere and it was like the Alice Walker we knew Rebecca was involved in it, but the, mm-hmm. the Alice Walker, Tracy Chapman, and it started taking on a six degrees of black queer famous level. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yee. 
And we were trying to remember if there was that. Never mind. All right. I'm going to argue as to why. I mean, I think a song of, first of all, I applaud him for not changing the pronouns. I think that that's kind of, for country music, that's got to be a kind of, you know, no pun intended, ballsy move. Um, And I don't know. It's a song about desperation. I mean, right? I mean, it's dead. There's white poverty. I mean, poverty is poverty. Desperation trapped is trapped. It's not a song that I ever that ever really resonated with me. I mean, I I, I admired it. I liked it. Um, uh, it's a great song, but it didn't. But I think I think I don't. Know, for me, I think that it's a song. He does such a good job with it that I have to give him his dap for that. He does such a good job with it. Yeah, he does. He does a solid job of it. He knows the text, and he and he works through it well. Yeah, I don't. And you know, it's not Morgan Wallen. It's really but. interesting that your take on that, though, because I was working at the Wiz in it, when that album. It's a re- it's a re- it's a record chain. Record 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 it was in. Yeah. All right, and, <laughs> we're being polite, okay. and um, we don't know what Tim Horton is. Right. I know what Tim Horton is. Like, <laughs> I know what it is too, but I'm just <laughs> yeah. pretending. I'm, I'm just saying, pretending right. to be yeah. ignorant. Okay. All right, um, <laughs> it's uh, and, and and it's an interesting thing that you would say that because we when that album I, I worked at the, out, the Wiz when that album came out, we could not keep it in stock it was that popular but it was all white people buying that record so it's interesting that you see it as you know uh black and queer liberation it'd be like lots of lesbians black and white but literally it was all white people buying that tracy chapman album. but she wasn't played on black radio we always get no, back to that right she was not played on black she radio was, i was working at vh1 yeah. back then and she was like one of the few black artists that managed to slip onto their playlist right. you know right. So oh, that's, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Which part? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, just, just yeah, the, that I always think that... I guess because I consider the rest of the songs in that album, and I consider it part of the, sort of the rest of the songs in that album. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, we should... I, I'll frame what I'm saying. If you were Greg Tate, if you were Nelson George, if you were the the people in their six, well, they would have been in their forties at that point, late 30, 40, who were, who were black writers writing about black music and writing about pop culture in general, then yes, Tracy Chapman was definitely on your radar. But if you were working at the, which Wiz did you work at? The one in Brooklyn? The Fulton Street one? No, darling. I worked at two different Wizzes. I was at the one that used to be by uh, the Empire State Building. And then I transferred and I worked at the Wiz in the village. Oh, okay. So if you were working at the Wiz in the Village, no, a lot of black kids are not going to come in and buy that record. But if you're, you know what I mean? So it's, I understand why it wouldn't, it wouldn't be super popular, you know, Uh, because at that point she was viewed as such an outlier in any genre, wouldn't you agree? I mean, she was, that was not a typical song to get on. Now listen, radio. I love the album. A lot of my friends who are gay, we love the album, but like you said, it was not played on, on black radio in America. This Tracy Chapman was work to pop and adult contemporary. Right. You know what I mean? But black radio didn't play any of those songs that we all consider classic. That's a classic album that sold a gazillion copies 
won her a bunch of Emmys. But remember, all of those Emmys are uh, like Grammys. Uh, Grammy. So Grammys are like uh, what was it like Song of the Year? Maybe or folk, year. folk, yeah, pop, yeah, pop vocal performance. None of it was R and B or any of the urban based awards. I think now it would be a very different. I mean, I think yeah. I think the fact. I'm wondering what do you what do you think about this, Stacey? Do you think the people who are buying because I don't like I said totally I checked out of country music. I I paid a lot of a lot of attention, you know, except for the cool country, obviously like Dwight Ilgram. Everybody did that. But about 20 years ago, I was supposed to marry somebody who lived down south. But that's a whole nother podcast. Um, do you think the people buying the record know it's know the backstory of the record in terms that it's Tracy Chapman who she is, or do they just think it's a cool song? I don't. I don't know. Um, there's a kind of flattening right now with um, Spotify and streaming and all of that, where I don't know if the, the history is. I don't know if we're as sort of crate diggy as we used to be, but then I think that it's gotten a bunch of press for her. Yeah. Um, and then I don't, I think that critics taste is different than populist taste, even if, even if we're talking about pop music. And so there's this assumption. I have this assumption that everybody knows everything. <laughs> Nobody, um, nobody knows no, nothing. No, nobody read, knows shit. Read, yeah. read the comment section on page six. Nobody knows nothing. <laughs> well, the, the thing that's interesting now about some of the critics, and I'm reading like some, some, especially listen. Oh God, this is gonna be terrible. But the young ones, you say, saying, it, yes. say it, say it, say it. <laughs> I'm say realizing it. when I'm reading some of the reviews or retrospectives for some of the young ones, and I'm and, and I read some of the things, and I'm like. This isn't, you don't know the proper context or history of this. This isn't, what you're saying here is not correct. And there's there's a whole breadth of information here. I don't understand what you're saying and what you're, so listen, it's, it's a very weird thing. I'm happy for her because her name is being tossed around a lot. There's a lot of work and hopefully this has some of those young people who are liking this version dig into her catalog and go in and realize there's more to her than her first album. There's a lot of great work there to dig well, into. And that's, and that's what I'm, I'm hoping for too. I think I always, I always curious about this, right? Cause she's like on a horse farm, Cal- she lives in a horse farm in California, right? Mm-hmm. And so she did this kind of like, she's got color, pur- she's got color purple money. <laughs> yeah. She does this sort of like, uh, she does. And this sort of like, <laughs> Uh, Norma Desmond quality to her a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah. So there's this beautiful, like, really complex image that is floating in my head where she's like, I'm not going to turn down the money. Uh, and I'm not going to turn down the chance to have this new audience, but she's kind of also has spent the last 10 or 12 or whatever years sort of rejecting fame. And so I wonder if she's like, I don't want to put words in her mouth. I don't want to think about this, but I, but I have this thought about like whether she's a little churlish about it. Like, like she's offered statements that she's very grateful and very happy. I mean, she is yeah. not, she is not taking the look as long as somebody, a woman artist is having a revival and Brandy Carlisle isn't involved. We should all <laughs> think, 
Thank Black Jesus for that. And okay. honestly, I think of her, I think of her like Kate Bush. From exactly. people I know, people exactly. I know that that know Tracy. Tracy Chapman is not some recluse somewhere. She's just one of those people who's never been. She's been. I'm a songwriter. I'm a singer songwriter. I make an album. I go on tour. She's never been. Here's my house. Here are my friends. Here's my life. And I kind of appreciate yeah. that about her. Where oh, she's yeah, like, sure. this is about my work. You don't. She's need- a working musician. Yeah, she's a don't, working musician. You don't need to see where I live. You don't need to know who I'm dating. You don't need to know what I eat. You don't. You know what I mean? It's like I come in. I come, like Kate Bush. Kate Bush pops in when she wants to, and she's out. And I, yeah. I actually appreciate that, you know? Yeah, me too. Well, and she, I think she had to sign off on the writing, right? Oh, and so... She does yeah. all and of so her music. Because remember, like, you remember the Nicki Minaj situation, right? When yeah. Nicki Minaj did the song and Chasey said no because she does not... She doesn't really let people sample her music or redo her music. And the song was put out there anyway. And Tracy came hammering down like, no. I said no. <laughs> anyway, we... Would like to ask you, what are you listening to these days, Stacey? Um, what am I listening to? Okay, so there's a 2021 album by Connie Smith that I keep talking about, it's making sure that people listen to it, called The Cry of the Heart. It's this lush, melodramatic, high-femme, kind of Rick Rubin-esque attempt and reviving her career, and nobody heard the record, I and I want everybody to hear the record. Connie Smith? Connie Smith, the legend. Who is she? I feel like I know her name. I know the name, but she's what? A, she's a country singer for like, she's a 60-year career. She's married okay. to Marty Stewart. Oh. Um, oh, oh, okay. I like Marty Stewart. Yeah, but I know then, I know her name. I know I know yeah. her name. I know I do. Yeah. So that's great. And then... I'm obsessed with the Kelsey Ballerini, like, super messy divorce record. <laughs> I love a divorce record. Divorce yeah, records uh, it's, are it's always a, good. <laughs> I love it's a, a good great. divorce record. I got nothing out of my divorce. Not even a not even a good article? or something. No, because it was, like, so ridiculously amicable. It was, like, boring. <laughs> I got a kid. I got a right. kid out of the divorce. Right. Um, the Anthony record makes me cry. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're the, the new one is just amazing. All right, I'll have that because they're really great. I really um, that voice, baby. Ooh, oh, that, that voice. voice. Yeah. yeah, it destroys me. Yeah. There is no one, no one. It's so we always use the like, oh my god, so clad and iconic. That is a voice that you know exactly, you yeah. know who you're dealing with there. Yeah. Um, and speaking of sort of iconic voices, uh, I love like. The new PJ, it's gotten some controversy, but like, I just love the track that Ben Witcher is playing Elvis on, and she's doing this weird, like, Celtic green man, Jesus, Elvis, king, earth god, we imagining on that track, and it's just so weird and so amazing. I love her. I'm trying to get into this record. I need to, I need to listen to it again. I need to okay. listen to it. I've never gotten. I love her. I don't know why. I don't know why. She She's was super pre- talented. That's not why I don't get her. Um, I mean, no, I'm she saying was, that's why I love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's she was presented to me at a time that I was just like, I can't with this kind of music anymore. So I think that's the problem. I think I need to kind of go back now that that part of my life is over and that whole kind of I just. I don't, it's not that I hate, I just never. You never got into the. the I never got into it. 
Yeah, yeah. And if the vibe was like, oh, I've already done. I'm sorry, that's me with the Smiths. I, I, I know people love them and people are very obsessed by them. I've never gotten into it. To this day, I still listen to it. I just don't care. I liked, yeah, I, liked- Rick, I liked Rick Astley singing those songs. Yeah, I don't. There's so much. The I don't care. We could do like five hours on like I don't care, you know. And the I care deeply. We could do like another like my, you know, my obsessions about who I worship, the ground they walk on, are so bizarre. Um, anyway, but um, we digress. And then I have one more because like Please. I. Uh, I don't want to like have a two. That seems like a very indie list, and I wanted to maintain my pop credentials. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That and Fifty Cents will get you on the subway, Stacy. <laughs> uh, I really like Jordan Davis, who is uh, like broy, and I know he's problematic. He's a country singer, but I think he's got an amazing voice, and it's strong writing, and it's dumb, but and fun, and. He's also super hot. <laughs> that is not a bad that, thing. That does help. I have. I listen. I have made more bad decisions in my life based on super hot. Uh, Trust me. Girl, there's nothing. You got. You got three days. No, you got three no, days and a gallon of coffee, yeah, honey. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with like. Why do you like him? Why, why do you like his record? I don't his know, abs. He's really cute. He's really cute. He's really. He's really cute. Is you never have to apologize for. Mm-hmm. He's really cute. Um, but I like his, I like his work too. And I think there's been like, I think there's just the, cause it's just been such a shit show in Nashville. There's been this instinct and I've had this instinct too, where we sort of work through the purity of form. And there are people who are doing genius, like genius work on that. Like Willie Carl's record is astonishing. I deem the artist's work is astonishing. Um, Justin Hilton is just one of the best singers out there. But it's all like Americana, and it's all like I love Americana, and it's all sort of. And Hilton writes about sex beautifully and performs about sex beautifully, but it's it's slightly tasteful, like. Mm. And what I like about Jordan Davis is that he just refuses taste. I don't oh, even Courtney, think this is screaming out your name right yeah, now. Yeah, you know, like anything that refuses taste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like and the counterculture. Like, I'm like, everybody's going left. I'm going right. I'm like, I want to see what's happening on the right. I always <laughs> want to see what's happening on the right. Right. Yeah. I don't think that, like, he recognizes that. I think if I ever get into an interview, I'm like, can you talk about your aesthetics of vulgarity? It's not going to work. But... <laughs> Uh, all right. Stacey, thank you so much. And this Thanks. is the first time we've actually met. See, the power of social media. I think I got into an argument with you once on the Facebook, and that's how we became pals. <laughs> what was the argument about? It wasn't an argument. You were you wrote something about Beyonce saying um, that she was name-checking Gianni Versace on the song, and I said, no, that's her Uncle Johnny. Oh, that wasn't an argument. That was well, welcome <laughs> <laughs> and it's so rare. Let me tell you, it is very rare. I love Jody to bits, but our conversations online usually consist around the Knicks. Um, you know, and having kids who went to the same high school at different times. But when I saw that, I was like, I'm getting it. No, I love. I actively welcome being corrected at all times and places. <laughs> well, you come to the right show then. <laughs> and on that Amazing. note. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stacy, for coming. Thank you. And uh, Amy, intro the book again and tell everybody where oh, I can yes, get yes, it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 
you can get it where they sell books. That's an idea, people. Go into a place where they actually, you know, screw yeah, Amazon Prime Day. Mm-hmm. I will, Courtney. I'm a grown woman. I can do these things. Are you? I keep thinking yes, of a teenager. Grown, grown, I know. I had my childhood in utero. Why? I'm holding it up so you can see it. Why? T- no, it's a fantastic book. Why Tammy Wynette Matters. It and is she part does. of the University of Texas Why uh, Music Matters series, which all of these books are great. Seriously, I'm reading Adele Bertai's LaBelle, Why LaBelle Matters. Courtney, your head would explode with no, this book. No, you know how much. I no, don't you have to do, we have to do, your head would explode. Um, it's a great book. It's a great book. Um, and congratulations to you. Really, and we really look enjoyed. forward to your 33 and a yes. third on Dolly. We An- love Another that great series. series. Yeah, 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 Kim yeah. Mack was just on the show. We love that series too. So congratulations to... We applaud smart, knowledgeable people on this show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because where else do you get to be smart and knowledgeable at the same time? So, yes, Why Tammy, Why Net Matters by Stacey Easton. It is available anywhere they sell books. Now, clearly when I get off get off here, I'm going to go put on Your Good Girl's Gonna Go Bad because that's <laughs> Tammy realness. Or, it's perfect. Or her woman to woman. My, I like apartment number nine, but I really love Till I Get It Right. She sings her face off on Till oh, I Get It Right. Oh, that is fantastic. No, oh, she is, sings her face yeah. off on that song. I'm like, sing it, Tammy. <laughs> sing it. That is that is like one of the great answers of codependency. Yeah. Like, I listen to that. I'm like, sing it. And then I'm also like, honey, you should just leave. Right. Like, and then, but she also it's has- It's not going to yeah. get right. You and, know it's not going to get right. And there's a great tribute record that came out years ago where a bunch of different country artists, female country artists, are singing the songs of Tammy Wynette. And Faith Hill's version of Till I Get It Right and Wynonna's version of Woman to Woman, it's just good, yeah. good, 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 good stuff. That's somebody who's, who's disappeared a little bit that I want back. Wynonna? Wynonna or Faith? Both. Faith, right. Well, they need to get their flowers. Well, you know what's interesting about Faith? I like Faith Hill a lot. Because she started acting. I I believe she was doing a lot of acting work. And her and her husband, I want to say still tour and had that Vegas Vegas act for years together. And you know why we love Tim McGraw? (laughs) No, why do we love Tim McGraw? Because his father was Tug McGraw. So that's why we love Tim McGraw? (laughs) Yes! Oh, my God. I thought you were a sports fan. Yes. Yes, but I love Tim McGraw because he married. And he's hot because he married Faith, and I always right. love Faith. <laughs> I always like Faith too. And Tim and Tim McGraw was also on Friday Night Lights, and he was really, really good yeah. in that. Too. Listen, Faith on that Cry I album, do love. Oh. Which the country people got really upset because they're like, "This isn't great. country as is pop." But she was singing her fucking oh, face off on that I album. Her. She I do. was singing and I like them. Yeah. her Sorry. face off. I like I you know me when you sing your face off. I don't care if you're singing the songbook. If you're singing your face off, I am down for it. And on that note. You know what it is, people. You find (laughs) us every week on the Pantheon Podcast Network. For all of you who are listening to us from the main feed on Pantheon, thank you. For our followers on our feed and day one followers, thank you. You know what to do. Leave a message. Tell a friend. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Leave a pizza. We appreciate pizza. And we will see you next week. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.